This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go, grow, and overcome. Hey, listeners, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. My name is John Tuck, and I am filling in for Pastor Tim while he is on vacation. Michael, thank you for the caffeine fix Get you back, this bro. morning. That's what we do. We caffeinate. Mm. Jay Tizzle. Baby, baby. <laughs> hey, where um, in the world is Pastor Tim today? I just got word that he flew from Japan to Europe and is now racing cars on the Autobahn. Gosh, how does he do this? I don't know. I, I don't get it. Yeah, he, uh, I he sent me a friends. picture and he is in the 2017 Ferrari QX5. It is uh, tops at 298 miles an hour and goes zero to 60 in 0.8 seconds. It's got a rocket engine on it. Unbelievable. So anyways, uh, we're, yeah, he... Tim is a thrill seeker. You may not know that about him, um, but uh, he loves, 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 loves um, using some of his connections to basically do crazy things. Um, So you should follow his Facebook account because he documents this whole journey of his. And uh, and don't worry, as a pastor, he earned all of his money before he became a pastor. So this is not (laughs) on the village church. This is just opportunities that he has. And uh, oftentimes he'll take people with him and uses these as discipleship experiences. I believe that's what he calls them. So anyways, Experiences, yes. Pastor Tim, uh, I want to go with you one day. He won't take me. He says I'm too something. <laughs> <laughs> so our question for today will come in a minute. But before that, we have three asks. Number one, John. First ask is go to vcob.org and submit your question on the front page. You can do that anonymously. You can put your name on it. But we love to receive questions from you listeners. Right. You can also go to the Village Church app and uh, download that. Submit your questions there. Number two would be share this podcast. And we really believe that we are excited about what is going on, that this is good and helpful. So uh, we would love for you to share it. If If it has blessed you, give it away. Number three, John. Rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Right on, dude. All right. What is our question for the day? Question today is, I'm disabled. Does God expect me to work? That's that's a, okay. That is a great question. Um, I have yet to meet a person who is disabled who has said, I wanted this. Um, th- so this is not um, typically something that somebody would willingly do. I mean, life happens. And when you're in a circumstance like this, you have to rethink every part of your life. Your relationships change, your work changes, um, where you sleep sometimes changes, how you even function as a human can change. And so um, I'm just going to speak about disability um, generally, although there is a spectrum of minor disabilities to major disabilities. And um, there's too the spectrum is too huge to give individualized attention to that. Um, but as we're talking about work, um, especially this week, uh, I want to talk about physical disability and work. And here's just something I would like to, I would hope that this would sink deep into the soul of any person who wants or needs to work more, but physically cannot. There is no shame in not doing what you are unable to do. And, um, because God has wired in us, um, especially those of us who are financial providers, a strong impulse to lead 
through working and provision, when you cannot do that, there is an experience of guilt and inevitably shame as if you're not able to, to pull your weight. And um, so theologically, we look at this and we say, God allows, ordains, or permits all things to happen. And whatever circumstance you find yourself in, if he wanted you to be out of it, you would be out of it. Um, if, if he wanted it to end up differently, it would have ended up differently. And so one of the challenges of going through any disability is dealing with that reality that, that God could pluck you out, but he hasn't. Why? God could resolve this, this disability. God could heal you. God could expose the root problem and bring overall health to your, to your body, but he hasn't yet. Why? And uh, I can't answer that question for really anybody specifically, but what I can say is God is not arbitrary. And if God has allowed, ordained, or permitted a limitation on your life, um, there is no need to heap shame and condemnation on yourself for being unable to do what God has not allowed you to do. It's like me looking at you, John, and saying, um, jump two feet in the air. Well, you have no ankle that functions, and uh, the last thing I'm going to do is punish you or shame you or condemn you for doing something that for you is physically impossible. Let me be clear. It's physically impossible for me too. I think I got about a three inch vertical. So <laughs> that being said, um, when, when somebody is in any kind of disability, this is multifaceted. It affects the way you work. It affects the way you relate to your spouse. It affects the way you relate to your kids. And um, so this is just a big, big deal. And here's the positive point. God expects you to use your resources and capacity for God's glory. If your capacity to work is limited, his desire for you is to use whatever capacity you do have for his glory, to work in such a way that makes much of who God is and reveals the image of God in you. So I want to read a verse from John chapter 9. Um, it's verses one through three. And here's, here's what it says. As he, Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. Uh, and it says this, and his disciples asked him, rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind. So John, I have a question for you. Yes. Um, if you have a son or daughter who's born blind, are they being born blind because of you or your wife, Natalie's sin? No, no. So um, whose fault is it that they're born blind? Adam and Eve's fault. Yeah, there we go. Go all the way back because um, we'll say physical disabilities um, cause humans to not function optimally and they are a result from the fall or the sin of Adam and Eve. And that sin nature has been passed on, which has corrupted all of the physical creation, animals, trees, everything. Death is a part of the rhythm of this world now because of Adam and Eve. And um, and there are all different kinds of death. There's physical death and spiritual death. And then there are just disabilities which are inhibitors upon you know what we are supposed to be able to do. And uh, so one of the things I'd like to think is that in our new bodies, we may have the scars of our former disability, but we will not have the limitations of our former disability. And I think that's an important distinction. So the disciples say, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus says... It was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. So we'll come back to this principle. 
God allows, ordains, or permits all things so that in the cases or circumstances of disability, that there is something unique in this person, likely multiple factors like their attitude, like their focus, like how they suffer, because disability is a degree of suffering, um, and how you process and live in your disability um, brings God glory. In this circumstance, the glory was that God permitted this man in the text to be disabled his whole life so that Jesus could heal him and his multi-decade disability was there so that at the right moments, decades down the road, he would encounter Jesus and then get healed, right? And uh, his whole life, he might be saying, why? 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 Which is the natural question for anybody suffering in any degree. God, why did you allow this? Did you ordain this? Did you permit this? Like, what is, why, what are you up to? And sometimes like this guy didn't get the answer until Jesus heals him, right? That, that's it. And, um, and so everything that God does ultimately is going to be for our good and for his glory, even if in the moment, like we don't have that experience. And so for anybody who's in that circumstance, I would, I would, you know, just give a few pieces of counsel, maybe. Uh, number one is um, if you have any capacity to work, to make yourself available to opportunities is going to be really important because um, sometimes the person who's experiencing disability can feel less than um, if I'm not able to do everything that I'm not going to do anything. I'm just saying that there might be some tendencies of um Uh, as I say this word, I want to say understandable self-loathing, right? And what Jesus would say to you, I think in these moments is everybody has some level of capacity or say most people have some level of capacity, uh, even if it's 1% of what you would be able to do with your fully healed physical self. Let's use that 1%. Maybe it's 80%, maybe it's 60%. So make yourself available on the other end is don't be afraid to say no. And this advice has come from um, a friend who is disabled who um, wants to do things for Jesus, but sometimes you know your own limitations and it's good and appropriate to say no when asked because you know that if you say yes, it will either unnecessarily exhaust you or you will not have the capacity to fulfill the time, to fulfill the commitment of the time frame you know, needed. Um, I, there's a, I, I, I want to be careful in using the term I'm going to use with disability as I tell this story. But one of the realities is that as we get older, even if you're healthy, your body begins to fail. It's part of, you know, sin, Adam and Eve. Thanks, Adam. Um, part of sin in us. And so there be, as you get older, there are natural physical disabilities, if you will, that come upon us. And old age, for some people, especially when you get into your 70s, 80s, and 90s, it accelerates. Um, you're unable to move or run or do a whole bunch of things that you used to be able to do. And I remember um, a couple of years ago, I preached a sermon on growing old. Now, a 20-year-old, 29-year-old or something like that should never preach a sermon on growing old. Okay, let's be straight. <laughs> so what I did is I interviewed a bunch of people, and the sermon um, was there were godly men and women who had grown old to the glory of God. And um, the sermon was um, basically their quotes about the text and what it means to grow old. So that I was a, I just represented their voice in the pulpit rather than like a kid getting up and saying, this is how you grow old, redeem your, you know. <laughs> so one of the guys I sat down with, I'll never forget this. I said, um, so 
do you still have the same level of ambition in your 80s as you did in your 20s? And he says, I get up every day and I put my feet over the bed and I do what I've done every day. I plan out my day. I have to do the lawn, got to go to work. This is broken in the house, got to fix that. And then he says, I'm reminded starkly every time I get out of my bed, I can barely get downstairs and I can barely get into my chair. And he said, I've not lost any of my ambition, but I have no capacity. Mm. And I was just thinking, interesting, because sometimes we can look at older people and think they've lost their drive or their vision or their desire or that they've somehow stopped dreaming. And uh, it was just a really sweet moment for me just to say um, his ambition to bring God glory, his desire to work hard, um, his heart for the local church has not stopped, but at 80 some years old, his physical body gives him almost no capacity to do what he really wants to do. And so every day he gets one or two big things done, you know, and big as you get older was small when you're in your twenties, you know, when you're 90 years old, it might be big to walk to the mailbox or walk around the block one time when in your twenties, you could jog around that 40 times, you know? And so I don't like to connect in, in, in terms of the vernacular disabled to growing old, but your body becomes less able. And as your body becomes less able, here's your question is within my capacity, within the limitations of my current body, um, how do I bring God the most amount of glory? So does God expect me to work? I don't, I don't know your disability, but I can tell you is that within your capacity, God expects you to give him the most amount of glory. And uh, what that looks like, again, I, I wish I had a clear answer and probably the answer would be individualized for every single person who would have any level of disability. So to close, um, John, you experienced a couple years ago a temporary disability that changed your life. And uh, I'll tell the story because the story <laughs> was great. And then I want you to answer the question, how did God use that disability to change your life? So we were at a men's event called This Is War. And it was like a man competition that a church put on. And I look over and there are like four or five men holding John up over their head and they're getting him over this like string. That's like what, John, would you say four or five feet in the air? It's about, yeah, about four or five feet. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, no, like this is not going to go good. They launch John <laughs> over the string <laughs> and he lands on the ground and we all run over and your your foot was like bent backwards. And what did you what did you say? <laughs> I remember sitting there, I looked at my foot, I looked up at everybody crowded around me, and I said, I think my foot's broken. <laughs> yeah. You're like, um, call 911. And you were so calm, and I, I just started laughing because <laughs> you were so calm, and your foot was so... And I, when, I, when I'm in awkward circumstances, apparently, I laugh. So anyways... Um, I John, do too, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. Um, so John, what... Uh, how do I got to use that season of your life? Yeah, um, that, was, uh, that was interesting. What... What I don't think people knew is that weekend that I had, uh, that I had gone out to do that event, um, I was really excited about it. I had been training for that for a couple weeks and exercising daily and just really looking forward to it. And no sooner did I get past the first obstacle is when I broke my foot and that really stunk. But um, I was working as a general manager at a Starbucks and I really liked that job. And I was on a, a track to be district manager. I was having... 
Uh, I had a meeting scheduled that following Monday with the regional director to talk about my path to district manager and had to send a message to my boss saying, I'm not going to be at work for a while. <laughs> a while. Months and months. Four months. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't know that at the time. And what I did know is that I wasn't going to be able to work for, for at least eight weeks as I was having surgery. But uh, the problem was that uh, not only did I just break my ankle, but I broke the fibula in there. I tore all the tendons in the foot. And that therapy process was a long process. So I started that and was really questioning, like, what am I going to do? You know, this is, you know, two months go by, three months go by. I'm still not getting the clear from the the doctor and the physical therapist to go back to work. And so really in that time, I could have made a couple decisions. I could have um, wallowed in the pity of that and thought, why did God do this to me? And what am I going to do? Um, praise God, I had short-term disability insurance that I was able to do that through my job um, and and get an income, but it was scary. And so as I thought more and more about it, I thought, how am I going to redeem this time where I can be effective and I can learn a lot more? And so I started, uh, I started classes, online classes at Moody Bible Institute. I applied first at Moody, got accepted, started online classes, um, started serving my church in a capacity. Uh, you know, I started, I took over our cafe, started doing that, um, and just really started to enjoy uh, being disabled, which was really strange. Like, I should have really, really wanted to get back to work right away, but I didn't. I wanted to keep doing what I was doing, and I really thought, I'm going to reevaluate my career. Uh, and about six months into the disability uh, is when Thrivent approached me and uh, just had this ideal position for me that uh, didn't didn't mandate that I be on my feet all day and, and really put a lot of stress and pressure on the foot, uh, but was able to uh, do the things that I loved, do the things that I was good at, uh, and work for a Christian organization. So that's uh, that's what happened to me, and that was my story. Yep. And uh, that was, it was just really cool to watch your whole life change. And in a moment, what you could have been like, why me? I have all of these aspirations. Mm. God put you in a temporary disability to redirect your life. And uh, it's interesting because there's always going to be a repercussions and some kind of pain or discomfort or aggravation or irritation to a degree if you push your ankle to certain limits, right? Yeah. Um, it's never going to be the same. But that's a constant reminder that if that's what you have to give up for God to get your attention, then break both my ankles. So be know? it. So, I, John, I just appreciate that. I love watching God work in your life. You're amazing. So, But even better, God's amazing. He is. Listeners, thank you for joining us today. Please join us tomorrow where we will answer the question, how should I think about entitled millennials? Like you and me. Like you and me. Yeah.